All right, welcome into the BGN Radio Instant Reaction Show, and we appreciate you joining us, myself, Jess, Rachel here, the three of us, and you, of course, in the chat. And just looking at what happened today, we remind you, as we'll be here throughout, answering and responding to questions, comments, concerns, what you have. Smash away, hit that thumbs up button, and make sure you're subscribed here to what we're doing on channel. It's just an up and down game, to say the least, and a lot to take away by all means from another Eagles loss. And at times you felt like it was there, a victory was there. And at other times you felt reminded maybe at the talent gap between the Chiefs and the Eagles. But one thing, as we'll talk with Jess and you and Rachel will come here with a couple of tweets in a second. But one thing that is consistent week in and week out that I do believe in a season of patience and a season of growth, especially looking at young players like Jalen Hurts to young coaches like Nick Sirianni. If there is one thing that we can point to week to week that I think is justifiably insane, and it's driving all of us collectively mentally insane with all of the energy we put into showing up and rooting for this football team, are the penalties. My goodness, league leading with that. So, Jess... It was an up-and-down game. I guess there were some goods. There were some positives that we could take away. This wasn't like, I think, last week where we were struggling to find some positives outside of maybe one or two growing pains in the offense. This was an up-and-down game, I think, to take away from. But I hate to start with a negative negative. I just don't know how to get around the fact that this team is league-leading in penalties. And you brought up a point last week about their defense and how frustrating it was because it's a veteran unit that should be able to control mistakes more than this offense. I don't know what to even make anymore about how bad the penalties are. I mean, I I would love to know if the Eagles defense even was present today at all because they might as well not have even, even been there. Every time something happens, every time you, you see a flag thrown, you look up and Derek Barnett's laying on the ground next to whoever the quarterback is. And, you know, you're it, it's – I, I I feel the exact same way that I, I did last week. I mean, you look at the the mistakes that were made by this team. And again, I, I can make my peace with certain mistakes, certain mistakes from the offense. Um, but I, I, I look at this game and you look at the fact that they had three touchdowns called back with penalties. They had three touchdowns that they left on the field. And then you realize that they could have gone shot for shot here with the Kansas City Chiefs had the defense kept them in it once or twice. And and it's it's little things like you finally get them in a third and long situation and you jump off sides and all of a sudden it's a third and one. And and that that's almost that's almost guaranteed at this point for, for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's just the little things that I can be okay with an up and down season and up and down games and being able to take away the positive things that the Eagles are doing. But when they're making dumb mistakes week in, week out, and it's things that should be teaching points and not happening repeatedly, that's when it gets unbelievably infuriating. Personally, Jonathan Gannon is in way over his head as an NFL defensive coordinator. I just don't think that where he is in his career currently 
he's cut out for this job. The Eagles gave up 40-plus points one time under Jim Schwartz in 86 games. One time. It's a hell of a stat. Yeah. Twice in four games under Jonathan Back to back. Not great. It's brutal. No, it's brutal. Not great. And, And, you know, here's the thing. You're not dealing with a significant lack of talent, right? Now, we can no longer make fun of the Jets because they get a win today. But, you know, like maybe the Texans in that regard where you can see some effort on the field. But my goodness, the the lack of talent or the gap in talent for their unit versus many offenses, if not all, you're never going to win that battle. Gannon has talent. And I know we talked about Brandon Graham's injury and being more than just a body on the field, but a presence on the field and in the locker room is gone. The reality is that this defense is not, as you said, and and it's perfect here, they're not 40-plus per game two weeks in a row bad. Like, there is a major disconnect happening between coaching and, and look, let's blame players as well, but there's a major disconnect that's happening between preparation and execution. Sure. Huge. While I understand that, that losing a guy like Brandon Graham, and we talked about this last week, losing a guy like Brandon Graham is, is a huge, it's a huge blow for this defense on and off the field. He's, he is their emotional leader. He is their, their leader on the field. He is their energy. And while I understand that, yes, it is a huge, it's, it's probably the worst loss for, for this defense. And the fact that, they are still going out there. Like, I get it's a huge loss. It's it's not what they have put out there the last two weeks of a loss. Right. It's not. Because everyone also, you know, at the same time of saying, yes, Derek Barnett is the heart and soul of the, or I'm sorry, Brandon Graham is the heart and soul of this defense. <laughs> not Derek let me correct myself here. As, 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 as everyone continues right. to say that, ever, there's also, you know, a, a large portion that's, Oh, well, when's he going to start to decline? When is he this? When is he that? He's on the back end of his career, blah, blah. Okay, but so so you, we can't have it both ways here. I get it's a loss, but my God, you need to pull it together a little bit in some capacity because this is bad. How much do we look at this game? And, and I'm trying to balance just expectations for this one specific game versus where we are as a whole. And I, I don't want it to sound like, oh, well, the Chiefs defense is is shit. But they're not good. And I credit the fact that the Eagles were able, because it's hard in the NFL, even if you have an advantage, to take advantage of that consistently. So at some point, we credit the fact that the Eagles offense, especially in spite of their mistakes, self-inflicted and just bad penalties, were able to take advantage more often, I think, than not, even though they had to settle for penalties. And look, that's the difference against the Chiefs. You settle for penalties, you know that you're going to be behind the eight ball. But back to Gannon really quick, before we look at the offense and and Hurts and Sirianni and maybe some questions about that and really how many highlighters can Nick Sirianni fit in his visor? I think that's going to be something we have to look at moving forward. Jess, he's up to two. We need an over-under. We need to start taking bets on how many highlighters are going to make it on the hat by the end of the season. I mean, seriously, but back to Gannon, right? Because I'm with you. I I think I'm lockstep in, in your frustrations with, the defensive unit, the fact that they have veteran presence, and it just looks like at time, especially from Atlanta. I mean, we kill the offense for being night and day different from where they were in Atlanta. Same thing with right. the defense. How much in just a small little micro do you look at it and say, you know what? Normally, I'd be frustrated that you hold the team to a third and long situation. You get bailed out by a penalty. But some of those plays, it's 
it's Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill. There aren't many teams in the NFL that are going to be able to slow something like that down. I think that there's there there are some plays that that you look at Patrick Mahomes make. There were a couple balls that he put in there that you're just like, no, no one else does that. It doesn't matter how good a defense is right. on the other side. No one, no one fits that in there, right? There are a couple that you look at and you go, okay, yeah, that that one's just Patrick Mahomes being Patrick Mahomes. These guys being on the same page, a really great offense. But I thought that today there were a lot less of those that I saw than it was just stupidity left and right and the inability to slow this 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 offense down. I mean, it, Patrick Mahomes didn't throw the ball many times today. They had more rushing attempts than they did passes. They had 32 rushing attempts, and Patrick Mahomes only threw the ball 30 times. I say only. It's only because the Eagles threw the ball 50 times, but that's neither here right. nor there. We'll get there. But we will. We, the, the balanced attack that they had, it, it wasn't – you know, he wasn't throwing for 350 yards. Yeah, he had five touchdowns, but like he wasn't putting on this electric show for, from the pocket. He he wasn't. It no. was just the Eagles not it, – it, it wasn't this amazing performance by Patrick Mahomes. It, it was – if you would have told me that Patrick Mahomes would have only thrown for, you know, 200-some yards, I would have been like, oh, the Eagles can get this one easy. But it's just the stupidity and the lack of discipline – and the fact that their defensive line is not it, it doesn't show up to games their linebackers are horrific and the the corners look lost back there and the safeties don't even get me started like it's just a mess yeah no i i think it's illustrated once again and look maybe we got spoiled because it was mike davis week 1 but my goodness gashed again on the ground 7.3 yards per carry for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who should not look that good by any means. Remember when like, we like had a run defense? There. Remember when the Eagles had a run defense? That was a, that was a fun time. For, for like a week and a half. And I think right. part of it was because the Niners were, were like, they lost six guys in that game. So that fueled it as well. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, you, you can say what you want about leaving some of these plays on the field. And you can say what you want about the touchdowns getting called back and 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 you know missing missing you know Zach Ertz in the back of the end zone on that one or you know not not the red zone just being abysmal again you like you can say what you want about that field goals are not going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs but this defense is as bad as i can remember it being in my lifetime it's bad statement. yeah that's a statement there this is not Mahomes and Dak, I think this is more about the defense is susceptible now to anybody. I mean, think about it. It's not just these two guys and Dak's playing out of his mind. I get it, but it's right. not these two guys more so than it's if you can run, which apparently anybody can do. If you can run on this team, then it's impossible to not throw on them. Like they, they have added, they've made their defense one-dimensional to where you can exploit it because anybody apparently in back-to-back -back weeks, as we've seen, can gash them for significant yards per carry. And all the talk, and, and you know, as we look at the running game and what maybe was expected there from a bounce back with Miles Sanders and Kenny Gamewell looking somewhat impressive, but the reality is, is that you're going to be out. You're going to be out of games. You're going to be out of being able to run the ball if you can't stop running the ball. And that's just going to feed into this dog chasing its tail of frustrations of around and around we go. And it's crazy because it all comes back to doing one thing, which is stopping the run. 
but I don't care who it is. Like Hubbard comes in as a backup or, or whatever Fournette Ronald Jones scenario you have with Tampa Bay, right down to the Giants with Barkley. Jess, if you can't stop anybody in the NFL on the ground, you're going to get beat. And it's going to look as bad as you've just laid out, giving up points after points because teams are going to throw. Right. I mean, the last time the Eagles defense looked this bad, there was an offensive line coach as the defensive coordinator. That's the last time the Eagles defense looked this bad. <laughs> I, I mean, it's it's and, and that's why I get more frustrated with the defense, because it's guys that I don't have confidence are going to get any better, if that makes right. sense. Like at yeah. this point, the, this defense, the guys on the defensive line are what they are. That's that's who they are. That's what they're, you're going to get from them. That's about it. Those linebackers, they are what they are. That's what you're going to get out of them. Those corners, they are what they are. That's what you're going to get out of them. We don't get anything else. When you look at the offense and you think, okay, Jalen Hurts can still improve. And now he was great today, by the way. I'm not, that's not based yeah. on today, but just in general, he can still improve. Miles Sanders can still improve. Anything that the these these three young wide receivers do, they can still improve. And we've got some promise of some young guys on the offensive line, as the the as we saw today, they were all out there. But yeah, there there's things there that you're like, okay, frustrating, yes, but but have still have that hope and belief that they can improve. That doesn't exist on the defensive side of the ball. There are a bunch of veterans that cannot play football right now. I don't know what they're doing out there, but it's not football. No, it's it's, it's awful. It's, it's awful. Brutal. No, and, and you know, you mentioned it, and I'm I'm curious because you know we bring in Rachel to always hopefully bring us some sort of positivity if there is any balance on Twitter. But and look, you were down there today. I would imagine that there's going to be some sense of and it balance isn't always 50 50 right it could be like walking a tightrope where you're like constantly going left and right in order to walk straight and keep your balance so i understand it's probably going to be a little more volatile than not but jalen hurts will talk about in depth here and the offense how can we not though at least give a nod to four or five guys who are thrown into a position that was supposed to be the anchor of success for this offense. And there were way more times than not just today that it was easy to forget that the Eagles were starting four backups than they were starting four backups. Yeah. There were a couple times in there where, where you watch some of these younger guys absolutely get blown off the line of scrimmage. Um, and, but you're absolutely right. You, you forgot more often than not, that this wasn't your your core group of guys. And I think, obviously, having someone like Jason Kelsey in there to at least bring that group together is very helpful. Yeah. Um, but but you're absolutely correct. They they looked really good today. Um, there were, again, some frustrating things here and there. Um, but I think, you know, some of those frustrating things are intertwined with a bigger picture than just a young offensive line or guys that aren't used to playing. Um, but you're absolutely right. I thought that they, they did a really good job. Once I saw that Lane Johnson was out today, I, I was like, Oh, let's all say a quick prayer for Jalen hurts right. back there because I was not, not confident. And I thought they did. They did a really good job today, given what, what, what they were you know, right. and probably weren't necessarily all prepared to be in there today as much as they were. Um, and, you know, I think that also, that's also, you know, it, it just also shows you a little bit more how bad Kansas city's defense is. And to the point where like the Eagles should have been able to 
score more points and keep this even a little bit closer than it actually was. But I, I will give that that offensive line a, a ton of credit today because they played their butts off. So that's an interesting point to kind of jump off with the offense as a whole here, right? Is do we look at this? And I am curious, like, what do you think it, the percentage would be for positive tweets that we would get after today? I know a lot of people are frustrated. I don't even know. Like, what was the emotion like as you were leaving the stadium? Did, was there any type of self-therapy, you know, like that Alonzo morning gif where you're just like, and then all of a sudden you kind of realize like, okay, you know what? It's, 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 shit's going to be okay for a second. Like, what was the emotion or the feel as you were leaving the stadium today? Well, so <laughs> my favorite moment of today was what, right before the Kenneth Gainwell touchdown, the entire yeah. stadium started chanting, run the ball, which was probably <laughs> the funniest thing that I've ever yes. witnessed happen. But it was loud and it was real. And then all of a sudden they ran the ball and scored. And people were like, ah, imagine that. Like, what a time, which was really <laughs> funny. But, I mean, leaving it, – it's, it's, it's hard to be positive because of the, the amount of frustration that goes along with it. And it's things like, again, you, you want to expect that there are positives to grow off of. And you, you want to try to keep yourself grounded, understanding that this is a – year that is going to be filled with a, a lot of question marks and not not really knowing what they're going to get. Right. But when you look at something like you've got, you know, Jalen Hurts is one, like one really bad pass of the day was when he missed Zach Hurts in the in the end zone in the first quarter. You look at that and you're like, hmm, that's one touchdown. Then you have another ball that hits Greg Ward directly in Greg the hands Ward, yeah. that he needs to come down Ooh. with. And you're like, and and you know, people are like, well, Jalen's got to throw a better ball. And it's like, okay, the ball wasn't perfect, but it also hit Greg Ward directly in the hands. They quite literally kept him on the roster because he can catch balls and Travis Fulgham had less of a time catching balls in training camp. Like, he, you are an NFL wide receiver and your job is to catch the balls that are thrown to you. If they hit you directly in the hands, come down with them. Yeah. Catch them. Like, you can make a play too. It doesn't always have to be an easy play for you. You can make it look easy, okay? Then there's the one to Zach Ertz. I understand that that ball was high. Jalen Hurts also put it in a spot where that defender was not going to pick that ball off. Either Zach Ertz was coming down with it or no one was. And I I'll guarantee you, you saw the way Zach Ertz walked off the field. He would tell you the same thing. That ball hit him in the hands. He should have come down with it. Was it a hard catch? Absolutely. Should he have made it? Yeah. Yep. So that's three touchdowns right there. And that's frustrating. Then you get the three touchdowns that are called back. And it's stupid things like Andre Dillard being downfield. But that also goes oh. back to why are, Why is their screen game timing still so poor? They had three of those called last week. And it's all because the timing of their screen passes are terrible. They're not right. Why is that not being talked about in practice? Why is that not being fixed in practice? That's infuriating when you see it week after week. Was it just If it was just last week and they fixed that today, fine. No problems. But because it's happening week after week, that's when I start to have a problem. And then the other one with Devontae Smith stepping out of bounds first. Why was that not a teaching point week two after right. Jalen Rager did it? Why are we still allowing that to happen? Why are we letting that be be something that is an issue? That's six touchdowns. Six. Yep. yep. That's 40 I mean, points. Yeah. 
<laughs> against a defense that's more than happy to give you points. You don't even need to ask. Those Without running the football. Right, right. All of these things, that's six touchdowns, all of those things without yeah. running the football. Can you imagine if they also ran the football? Oh, my well, God. That And that's the thing with, with Sirianni, I guess, that you could look at here. If four of those six touchdowns, hell, if half, if three, right? And, and look, I'm not going to play the, you know, the game as far as, you know, Kansas City wouldn't get any more points, but you're in much better shape to flat out win that football game if you can only convert three of those six touchdowns. But right. to the point about without running the football, that masks, that's such a great Band-Aid if you're Sirianni where you can kind of just like brush it off. Like, the hell are you talking about? I didn't run the football. We won the game. I put right. up 50 points in the right. air. Leave me the hell alone. Instead, it's the converse, right? Now it's like this glaring issue where it rears its ugly head once again where we have to go back and ask ourselves, why is Miles Sanders being relegated out of football games again? And, and what is this relationship in the backfield with Gainwell and Sanders? And why is this relationship not being maximized? All right. these little things that open up because he wasn't able to convert in the air. And look, you mentioned teaching points. I, I agree. You can't, I, I don't think we can look at this team and really the coaching staff when I say we, not me and you, but I don't think they can look at this team and apply this whole, it's growing pains. There's a process and then not teach. Right. Like I'm not a teacher, but I imagine that you can't just sit there and say, you know, young man, young woman, you, you know, to your student that this is a teaching moment and then just walk away. Right. Like you have to teach what the moment this is. This is the teaching point. And you're like, right. Right. So, okay. Awesome. Something. Yeah. Like I, I just, yeah. <laughs> and, and again, like I, I at least earlier today, when they first, I mean, when they first came out, you could see there was a game plan in place. They looked like they actually were offensively prepared for the game today, which was an improvement for the last two weeks. They had an identity today, which is something that I have noticed. And what has been frustrating me is that they don't, they don't, they don't know what they are today that they, they came out and they looked like they had somewhat of an identity, somewhat of a plan going, going into this game. The execution was not always there. But that also happens when you're asking a guy in his eighth NFL game to throw the ball 50 times. Why is Jalen Hurts throwing the ball 50 times? He almost threw for 400 yards today. He also led the team in, 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 in rushing yards. I don't understand. Why is this happening? Why is this? Like, like this shouldn't be a yep. thing. And this also, this happened plenty before. And it goes, I told you, it goes back to everything I said last week. Fundamentally, within the organization, they are so unbelievably flawed in what they value and what kind of team they want to be. It It's not a winning recipe. It's not a recipe to win games. A recipe to win games was when you had three dominant running backs and you could utilize all of them and all three of them were contributing for 150 to 200 yards per game in addition to 200 yards in the air that's right. that's a recipe for winning football. If you're not running the ball, you're not going to win in the NFL. It's that simple. No. I don't no, care no. if your quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. You don't run the ball, you're not winning in the NFL. He was running the ball okay today. It's a couple of savvy little runs by him, especially on, on timing. You don't need to be Lamar Jackson in order to effectively move the ball down the field with your feet. And, and I'll just right. add this as we see Rachel, and we have a ton of tweets to get to. I, I think to your point, Jess, 
when you and this is assuming hopefully that they are moving on with Jalen Hurts and the offseason is a mile million miles away so I'm not even getting to that point today but if you are looking at Jalen Hurts team building around him I think you can look at what Baltimore is effectively healthy of course not now with competent running backs behind a quarterback who can throw but can also kill you on the ground and your identity is running the ball but having a quarterback who can make throws like both Lamar and Jalen can and that becomes so so difficult to stop so that you're right but that's fundamental that's organizational you have to make a commitment to build that way instead of the opposite that's all and I think that while I'm not comparing Jalen to Patrick Mahomes in any capacity but I think you could even use Patrick Mahomes more as a model of what we would like Jalen Hurts to be in terms of you see what if just just a serviceable running back behind him can do with a decent offensive line and how he's still able to make these throws, but then it opens it up for him on the ground as well. Like, I don't think Jalen Hurts is, is as dynamic of a runner as Lamar Jackson, but I think he could be the same runner – but a better runner than a Patrick Mahomes. Like some of those plays where Patrick Mahomes just kind of dipped out around the corner there, I could see Jalen Hurts being way more effective in those situations. But if you don't have a run game, it's not going to work. And it's it. I, I, I'm totally with you. It's completely fundamental. And you realize that with just the simple things of the answers to questions that you got last year and this year. My favorite. My, this is my favorite example. I almost fell over when I heard it last week. In the post-game presser, when they asked Nick Sirianni last week, three rushes in the entire game, and they said, why didn't you run the football more? And he said, oh, well, we had a lot of RPOs, and they were we, we value those, right. and we think about those as run plays, but he just decided to throw the ball. You know who used to say that a lot? Doug Peterson. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe that's coming from above? That's an Whoa. organizational problem. Hmm. That is not a coaching problem. That is what the organization wants to be and is choosing to do. And it's two guys that aren't football guys that are like, oh, yeah, just call the RPOs run plays. Okay. All right, Jeff. All right, Howie. Go sit back in your offices and let the football people run the football crap. Please, God. Call the RSO, will you? I could see Jeffrey Lurie in the office not even getting it right. Not even getting it right. Just just, uh, call the 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 RSO. And that's, I think, what makes me the most mad. I'm curious what what's the temperature like on Twitter? How how good? How bad? I my guess is that we're going to have some balance, but it's probably going to be balance in extreme more so than anything else. Than last week, it's surprisingly a lot of optimism in the feed in the. You know the tweets and the comments. Um, we have from Carlton Blade, closer than expected in the in the beginning, like up until the fourth, because then it, they kind of pulled away. But it wasn't a, it wasn't a blowout like we thought it was going to be. Right. You know, some people expected not that bad. Um, I think it's Jeff Daly said not that bad. This was a lot better than last week's performance. So I guess that's some op- optimism. Still a rebuild. Okay. Yeah. I'm not mad. Yeah. Patrick at 76 Eagle said, I'm not mad. Are okay. you guys on the same page with that? No, I, I'm, I'm mad. Yeah. Okay. So those are the problems. <laughs> <laughs> but, but look, it's targeted anger. I, I think yeah. that what we've done here so far in this show 
is yeah. we've specifically targeted our anger, our frustration, our disappointment. This is not, ah, oh, the Eagles lost. They suck. This no. is, wait a second. There are specific issues with this football team that are going to stunt growth as a whole where you look at it on both sides of the ball. And, and look, the easiest place to start, which we began, was the penalties because those should be the most correctable. So I, I, I think, yeah, when you look at Jalen Hurts today, I don't think any of the three of us are mad, right, about Jalen Hurts and about the way he moved the football in the air as much as he threw. I'm, I'm pissed that they didn't play better because yeah. he played such a good game. I'm pissed that the rest of them didn't play well because this would just be a lovely week for everyone if well, everyone else just got their you-know-what together. Kenny Gainwell performed very nicely. He did. Yeah. yeah, the three times they let him touch the ball. You want to see him more, and that's in the comments. That's in the comments. Oh, are we I getting some more Gainwell love here? We, we are. Um, we saw a little bit of Gainwell love. There's some uh, Gainwell love. There's some, there's some Jalen Hurts love too, which I I appreciate. Usually in these situations, it's it's all it's it all falls on the quarterback. It's very anti-quarterback usually in this place. Yeah. So it's nice to see no, a break. We see a lot that. of please fire again. We see a lot of that. Penny penalties killed us. The refs screwed us. Some of that those play was bad. That yeah. play was bad. Yeah. yeah, you know, it was it was, it was a, not a great officiated game as a whole. Yeah. But real quick, back to Gainwell for a second. Is there? And I'm not trying to start any shit here. I promise. But what's going on? Where Miles Sanders has clearly been relegated today, at least. And the only reason why I bring this up, I understand that a lot of this is week to week and shit happens in a vacuum in the NFL. I understand that. But we had last week where Miles, now the entire run game was neglected, but Miles Sanders was a big part of that. Right. This week, Gainwell, now granted, doesn't outcarry him, but he's out-targeted in the passing game. It just feels like if you are going to involve Miles Sanders, it would be across the board, not just in one small area like six, seven carries that he gets today. I, I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what the offensive identity is with these two backs, because I love the promise of Kenny Gainwell on this team, but I also recognize that Miles Sanders is a beast and probably shouldn't be put in like a corner or, you know, driving 55 in a speed car in the, in the fast lane. But one of the things that I did see in one of the tweets from one of the uh, reporters was talking about the consistency when it comes to Kenny, Kenny Gainwell catching the ball compared to Miles Sanders. You know, like we know we have both of those options with Kenny Gainwell. We know that he's going to be able to run the ball, but we also know that he can make those short pass, like pass catches if they yeah. need to do when that's what Jalen Hurts is probably going to um, prioritize compared to if he has that option with Miles Sanders. Yeah, I mean, but that I that makes sense. It's just apparently that was like what they worked on, what Miles Sanders was supposedly working on so much in the offseason. And at one point, I mean, you know, it was coming out that he was catching everything. He wasn't dropping anything. Blah, blah, and yep. There was one that he <laughs> dropped this, this season. There was one. I'm, I don't remember which game it was in, but he definitely got, had one hit him in the hands and dropped. Was it week one, which is why I don't remember it as much? Was it week two? I don't know. It definitely did happen. That could be something against San Fran. I don't think anybody had any problems in Atlanta. And if they did, we just forget it because it was so flawed. Right. Right. (laughs) I, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's something that I saw on Twitter a little bit today. It's like, maybe there's something that we're missing. Right. 
that we just don't know about and we're not seeing in practice and and whatnot that the coaches are. But I also just, I don't know. I I have I have trouble. I have trouble believing that the organization right. is doing right by any player. Mm, I hate to say this, sense. but it, I agree with your premise, Jess. Which is, I I think the coaches are holding on to something they see that we don't. But then okay. doesn't that beg the question, do we trust the coaches? Do we trust the coaches? Do we trust yeah. the organization? That's no. The, that's the trickle down from the organization. So can you trust? Right. right? Yeah. I mean, they no, may I think, don't hey, I'm, I'm, sky's red today. Sky's red today. We're the coaches. We're telling you the sky's red today. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, are you sure about that? Can we see? Can we have a conversation about this? We yeah. saw Sanders effectively on the ground and we've seen him effectively on the ground. That's why yeah. I, I just bring it up because I don't know if there's any real formulated identity with this offense at, when it comes to the running game. And look, if they want Jalen Hurts to be the leading rusher on this team, that's fine. He's got the capability sure. too. But it, it just seems like there is such a chunk. And this goes back to, I'm sure, the point that you've been making, which is accurate here about the organization and, and how little they, they attend to this. But Man, once again, looking at this as a whole and thinking about how neglect they're heavy they are with the running backs, it just it kind of raised that question for me. That's all. What just what so I I'm more inclined to trust the coaches in certain situations, my because of what we saw week one and how balanced that attack was week one and what yep. we saw from we saw hundred yards rushing from Miles Sanders week one. That's that's what what he can do. Why all of a sudden is he just gone? It doesn't make sense to me. It's it's so I'm it. It, I'm so perplexed by <laughs> it. It just makes no sense. No, it's it's a conundrum to say the least. Now, what? Do, how much fire did we have? Uh, you know, not to the extent of belligerence, but I'm sure that as many positive tweets as you've hit us with so far, uh, I'm sure that there were some people that were upset to say the least. Yeah, like I said, most of the frustration was about the three touchdowns that were nullified. We already mentioned that uh, Gannon, everybody's saying fire Gannon or some meaner wow, word. There you go. Fire Gannon said, already? Already. Or some other F words about Gannon. Yeah. <laughs> Not just fire. A few other four-letter F words. Yep. Yeah. I could see that. <laughs> and, of course, you got the fire Howie Roseman, which is going to be in there. You know, well, that's support. But they're not as bad as last week because last week we had some really, really bad ones. I haven't seen anything yeah. that was just brutal yet. It's also only it, it's not even six o'clock yet. Everyone still has the rest of their afternoon to to yeah. like be OK. When the Eagles yeah. keep you up until midnight and just l lay an egg the way they did last week. Do you know how horrible that is just, just for the rest of your week? Like yeah. you kept me up for this BS and this is what you do. Yeah. That's infuriating. No, it's brutal. I mean, look, it's it's like back in the day before you, you could get everything on demand and, and burn through everything in one sitting where you actually had to wait once a week for your favorite show to come on the air. And it's one of these shitty episodes. It's a throwaway episode. And yeah. what? It's 1130 at night on Sunday night. You're done with yeah. the shitty episode and, and you're not going to get any sleep and you're pissed off. And that's yeah. what we've got now for the past two weeks. It's like at yep. some point, can you break out and give me something memorable here? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Brutal. So, I'm not anything that was crazy. Andre. OK, I, first one. Andre Dillard. S. Yeah. Trash. He's trash. OK. Yep. 
That's it. That's the worst. I, that's the worst I have seen today. On Dillard. On Dillard. Yeah, he, was, he was. He he held his own last week. I was really proud of him for the way he played last week in Dallas. He was not good today. Yeah. You know, I think they they loaded up too. I think Spags recognized and and look, that's probably going to be something moving forward, where these guys are going to be exposed as backups the longer they're out there. And, and we've gone through this last year. That's why there was so much hope in the offseason about, well, if that offensive line stays healthy, you just watch. Because we've seen what happens, A, when they're healthy, and B, unfortunately, as they're going through now, they, they have moments. They have moments. Right. And this defense, I think, was a great, perfect matchup for them. Not Carolina, not Dallas last week, not even an aggressive front with Tampa. The fact that you had such a soft defense, and I'm not using that as an excuse, but I, I that's a great thing. Like, take advantage of that. The fact that they right. did take advantage of that. Absolutely. Absolutely. This tweet's my favorite. It says, Rich Kotite Jr. Oh. <laughs> oh. I didn't even see that one. That one's, like, really far Man, at the bottom. Rich my favorite is to scroll all the way to the bottom and click to see the ones that, like, are hidden for off, yeah. off like, because they're offensive. Yeah. I saw a hot dumpster brawl. That was kind of <laughs> bad. But that one with the one you have is good. Oh, it's so bad. Amazing. Why? Yeah. Yeah. 165 well, replies. Amazing. Yeah. Do you anticipate it getting much better on the road against a team in Carolina who has they beat up bad today? teams? They, they lose to Dallas. Oh, okay. But, you know, the, the thing about it is they're good against bad teams. Mm -hmm. And I think I, I kind of have a feeling, Rachel and Jess, that the Eagles are a bad team. So that, that's that's kind of my concern this week. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I'm going to be away like next week. And I'm going to a bachelorette party next weekend. Yeah. I'm going to be crawling onto an airplane at 9 a.m. at 6 a.m. And I'm <laughs> going to be crawling back up the stairs to my apartment to watch the Eagles play. I really hope that they don't completely ruin my day. <laughs> yeah. But could it, can it be worse than, do you think that game against the Panthers could be worse than this week or last week? I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be. I hope it's not worse than this week or last week's performances, putting up. God, 40. I hope not. I don't, God, I I hope don't. not. I don't need another team to hang 40 on us. I don't need three in five games. No. I don't that, need it. Let's just thank the football gods that Christian McCaffrey's not playing in this yeah. game. Uh, DJ Moore may go off and, and have his way with his defense, but it's not going to be. Now, what I'm concerned about is the opposite. Real quick, just to kind of uh, end on, on this note with next week. What I'd be concerned about is that they're taking on a legit defense on the road, and maybe instead of it being a shootout where the Eagles are able to put up a bunch of points and just not keep up, we see more of a 17-7, 17-10 type game with an offense that, granted, shouldn't be that bad as far as putting up points. Like, I think that would be my biggest disappointment is if Carolina found a way to shut down this offense with so much speed and spacing and ability to score. So that's where I would look at it equally as disappointing as they were just not being able to keep up with Casey and Dallas. I can see that. Yeah. That's all. That's all. Right, any other tweets we want to end on here? I don't think anything was crazy. Like okay. that needs to be nothing with Andy Reid or you know, like. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's Stop all I have. Misery. Stop the misery. Well, 
Look, hopefully next week we'll have some some at least balance. I think this this show was more fun than last week because a as Jess mentioned, it was late at night and we were all upset. We're all frustrated. It's divisional rival to get your ass kicked like that. There there was a lot to take away. Hopefully the coaching staff is explaining what the teaching moment is and not just telling these guys, oh, no, no, there's a teaching moment. So the three of us will be back next week. We'll have a lot to talk about. And look, you've got some things to look forward to at the very least when you can build on what we have saw on the offense. And hopefully they can get these penalties somewhat in rain. I I don't think it's going to change overnight. But hit that thumbs up button. Make sure you're subscribed here as well for Rachel, for Jess. I'm Aton. We'll see you again next week. Have a great one. It's the BGN Instant Reaction Show. Thanks for riding with us.